while it's not Sharon Shy Brown's only job, when it comes to journalism though, she is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for the Memphis Flyer. If you follow her on Twitter, you'd know that her focus has been on more than just John ja Morant's latest 2K-like performance. In her own words, she's trying to save lives. It's what you do when you've worked hard to grow a platform, and then a tragedy occurs that's so personal and important that you can't help but get involved. You see, in August, in her hometown of Cleveland, Mississippi, a city two and a half hours from Memphis, straight down 3rd Street, a 31-year-old mother and her five-year-old daughter died from a gas leak in their apartment. Sharon knew them both. The gas leak set off a chain of events where they lived, a place called Sunset Village Apartments that exposed living conditions so horrid and inexplicable that Sharon was spurred to action. Listen to what one resident sent her. In case you didn't hear from the video, she said the water in her bathtub has been running constantly for two years. Two years. When people come to you and ask you to use your platform to amplify their voice, what else are you supposed to do? That's the focus of this episode of The Markup by Mediaverse. My co-host Melanie is off. I'm Richard. Let's get it. So what you saying? So what you saying? Welcome back. You're listening to The Markup by Mediaverse. So joining me is Sharon Shy Brown. Welcome to the podcast, Sharon. Thank you for having me. So for those of us who don't know, Tell us a little bit about your background. <laughs> where, where, where do I start? Oh, I can say that um, I have all loved sports, you know, all of my life. When we, when we moved to Memphis back in 2013, my husband and my, and my kids, we moved from Illinois. Um, I really loved the Grizzlies, even though they were horrible then. I was supporting them and... Even the 20, you know, the 20 wins, you know, the 20 win games of the season, you know, I still supported the team. And then, like, when the Green and Grind era came about, I was like, well, why don't we, I start writing about it. And I noticed that um, guys, you know, didn't like to hear what women said about the sports. And so started, we started a blog where women were, were the writers and, I've been writing about sports since 2014, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. That was, uh, that was an interesting thing. I, I remember uh, when you guys were trying to break into the scene and really just try to get noticed. What was that experience like for you? Um, it was hard at first because, well, 
Well, at first, people was like, well, we're going to support you. We're going to do this and that and whatever. And then when we started, you know, writing good and we knew what we were talking about, the support waned. And then, you know, it's just like we have to kick open doors and things of that. And then me, especially being a black woman, wanting to talk about sports. Oh, that's a no-no. So, you know, it's just like I just had to fight and keep um, let my words speak for themselves. So that's the All Heart in the Hoop City blog, right? Yes. So how, how did you come up with the name for that? Um, You know, like with Tony Allen, when he was like All Heart, and then Memphis is Hoop City. So All Heart in Hoop City. That's true. That's true. So you're, you're, you're from Cleveland, Mississippi, though, right? Yes, I'm from Cleveland. Um, I was born in Mount Bayou, Mississippi, and then I lived in Cleveland until I was um 18. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So so tell us about Cleveland. What if, if we had to take a walk down Cleveland in, in Cleveland, what would we see? Give us a little bit of that experience. Well, Cleveland is still segregated to this day. You have across the where the railroad tracks used to be, part of the town where mostly white people live, and the other side of town is where mostly um black people live. And then it's like, you know, Sunset Village may have poor conditions, but there's poor conditions throughout the city, especially on the side where most of the black people live, mostly of uh, below poverty level. And then, I mean, and then like, you know, you have the Grammar Museum, you have things of that nature, and you see commercials about Cleveland, but that's not the real Cleveland. Okay. Did you know Deshondra Tate and her daughter Kendra, the, the two who died uh, in that gas leak at Sunset Village? Yeah, yes, I, yes, I did. Uh, Deshondra was a really good friend um, of my sister. She, her and my sister was like best friends. And Kendra was my like, sister's goddaughter. And then um, I met Kendra. Well, I think the first time I met Kendra was back in June. My other sister had a wedding renewal. Her and her husband been married for 10 years, and they had a wedding renewal. And Kendra and my granddaughter, Aubrey, were flower girls together. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so and then there was pictures of them and everything, and then they had fun that. And I can't get Kendra out of my mind. You know, to, you know, like months later, she's gone. Mm. And and that, that, that was really hard. It it still hurts to this day because I can't stop seeing that baby's face when she was happy, alive and vibrant. Her and my granddaughter, you know, playing. That could have very well been my daughter and my grandchildren. Mm. I, I hear you. And, and my condolences on, on that loss. It, it, it had to, you know, I think when those kind of moments happen, we have a choice, right? We have a choice right. to make a decision of how we want to approach it, how we want to heal, how we want to, how we want to remember those people. Surely, it seems like this was a moment where you could, where you felt you had to do something. Tell, tell me about that moment. Okay, so you know, like when it happened, I saw it on Facebook, and I called my, you know, kid, my sister, and she was like, I mean, is it true? She was crying, and I was like, the baby, what? She was like. The baby going too. I'm like, no, you're not. I mean, 
you're not telling me this. I was like, this is not right. She's like, they gone. I'm like, why? How? What happened? And then she started telling me, like, those apartments been bad. She was like, um, mold everywhere. And then she was like, uh, the chandra in her tub. She was like, the water ran for two straight years mm. in her tub. Hot water. I was like, really? I was like, man. I was just like, how could people live like this? And then so, like, I think... You know, I talked to my sister, you know, see how she was doing. and Because she had, you know, suffered so many deaths during that time period. Because, mm-hmm. like, she, her client died. We had a cousin die. And then, like, the next day, Kendra and Deshondra, she just was going through it. And, you know, I was calling her every day to see how she was doing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, on sep- the, the week later, like, on September the 8th, she said that, um... Uh, her friend Courtney, she said, Courtney said that the the, the apartment manager trying to get them to move back in without gas because, you know, the utility company cut off the gas to the whole apartment complex right. because, you know, they didn't know what was going on. Right. And then she said, Courtney called and she said that they trying to make them sign something um, to go back to the apartment without gas and said they was going to give them a hot plate. I was like, what? Oh, wow. I was like, they can't do that. I was like, that's illegal. I was like, well, if if, if it's not safe to ca- if it's not safe for the gas to be on, it's not safe for them people to be over there. And so I, you know, it was just like I hung up with my sister. I thought about it, and I called her back. I said, Tanya, I said, get Courtney my number and have Courtney call me because I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Courtney called me and she told me, see, yeah, and she said, I didn't sign anything. I said, don't sign nothing. And then I was like, uh, did you sign up? She said, I didn't sign nothing. And I was like, don't sign nothing. And then I like, don't sign nothing. You don't know what it is. You know, they really not explaining it to you. So I was like, the next day, well, that same night, I put on my Facebook page. If you a resident of Sunset Village in Cleveland, Mississippi, inbox me. And that's how I started being an advocate. You're listening to The Markup by Mediaverse. I'm Richard. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Mediaverse. If you want to follow the show, it's at Markup by MV altogether. If you want to follow my co-host Melanie, she's at Mellow Hello. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. You're listening to The Markup by Mediaverse. So, was the response that you initially got from people was it what you expected, or, or because I, I well, sense I mean, early it, in the it, early going it was kind of frustrating for you. Yeah, it was frustrating. It, it was very frustrating because it's just like people, you know, like I talked to several people and things of that nature. I was trying to uh, call people. I mean, it's just like since September the ninth, I have been email, emailing people almost daily. I was, and then what? I, what? Okay. And then uh, what happened was I was trying to see. I was like, "This is illegal, or whatever." We need. To, I need to try to give these people representation. I was researching, um, you know, stuff or whatever. And then they was telling me what the apartment manager said, and all this and that. Then I found out that Millennia 
owned it. And mm. so what I did was, I searched Millennium. Then it was telling me about the company. Then I searched Millennium Complaint. Then I found out they have apartments in Memphis. Right. Then I searched Millennia Lawsuit. And that, I got a lot of stuff from that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out that the National Housing Law Project had sent a letter, and the other organizations sent a letter to Millennia about their properties, and then, like, how really they treat black residents. And then it was on from there. Then I got, was in contact with the... Um, millennial resistance campaign you know they have a twitter thing going that everybody should be following right um hold on one second i need to get that twitter ad because they got i think they got a facebook page they are on instagram and everything and then they have been they have been trying to help people um since i think they the letter came out in april of 2022 Mm-hmm. There's been investigation, like in Texas, Florida, uh, Kansas City. There's tenant organizations. Most of the, uh, a lot of the tenants at the other property have formed formed tenant union union. I mean, I'm sorry, tenant unions. And mm-hmm. then they're trying to make HUD account. Right. Because it's just not millennia. HUD is just as culpable as millennia because they've done nothing. For those who are following, well, earlier this week. Nick Judden of the Mississippi Free Press did a really good story about the residents of Sunset Village and the fact that they've been displaced from their homes for over a month following that gas leak and the deaths of DeSundra Tate and her daughter Kendra. And it was a really extensive article, and you were mentioned in in that article. But it seems like this is one of the, 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 the first pieces that really sort of delved into the things that you have been trying to get attention for for a long time. Can you talk about can you talk about that? I mean, what was it like to finally get somebody to listen to what to what you've been saying? Okay, yeah, cuz like I had reached out to the Mississippi Free Press because during the time that's when the Brett Favre thing was going on. Right. People were focused on that, but that's not the only news organization that I reached out to. I reached out to the New York Times. I reached out to ProPublica. I reached out to MLK 50 here in Memphis. Um, I reached out to some more people, um, new, news stations here in Memphis. I, you know, send DMs, things of that nature. But the only response I got was, was from um, Mississippi Free Press. Mm-hmm. And then I was on, a, you know, like at first I was talking to Ashton and then, because um, Nick was sick at the time, and then a week later, that's when Nick got involved because everything that um, I sent uh, Ashton, he gave to Nick. And then, like, you know, Nick and I was in communications, and then I got the addresses and phone, you know, the, the phone numbers and the names of the tenants who wanted to tell their story because people were scared at first. Mm-hmm. But they got to a point where they stopped being scared. And because, like I told them, I said that I could tell people about what's going on with you guys. Mm-hmm. But you have to speak for yourself because right. I can't tell your story. Right. You have to tell your story. You know how you've been living, and you can't. And then I said that you can't be too scared because they was like, "Well, I don't want to get evicted," you know, things of that nature. They're gonna retaliate. Where I told them, I said that 
you know, is it worth it? You gonna have because like if someone knows that you fear them, they still want to do what they do to you because they know that you're not gonna do anything. You need to speak up for yourself. And I was so happy when a lot of them spoke to me. Just for fairness sake, and just to make sure we set the record straight, part of the story that Nick did, he included a lengthy statement from Millennia about what was happening from their perspective with Sunset Village. And we'll make sure to post that, post that uh, explanation or that response to the Mississippi Free Press on, on MediaverseMemphis.com for people who, who want to read it. But in, in essence, the, the, the response from Millennia is that um, they had a phased return of residents uh, following the gas leak. They talked about how carbon monoxide detectors were not required in the apartment complex, but now they're going to go the extra extra mile to um, put, one, put a device in every unit that will go into effect in December. They talked about how the situation of how the evictions were, were, may or may not occur. So there are a lot of things that are, that are happening in this, and they also talk about how uh, they're going back with each unit, and they're installing new furnaces, installing new water heaters, you know, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, and things of that nature. Okay, let me let me let me let me let me let me tell you something. Okay, so like you can install new water heaters, you can install this that, but when your flo floor is caving in, right? Your floor is caving in. You're still caving in. What good is the new uh, smoke detector and a new hot water heater gonna do? Right. And then if you look at their statement, go back and look at their statement from when they had an interview with the Atlanta, um, I can't think of that. Atlanta General Constitution? No, not the Atlanta General Constitution. Um, I think it's the Atlanta Village Voice. Okay. Look at that statement and then look at the statement that they had had when the people in North, Riddle, North Little Rock died. Mm. The three people in North Little Rock that died from a, a gas leak just after the Chandra and Kendra. Mm. People complaining about it. Look at those statements as well. Mm. Some not adding up. And then there was an explosion, gas leak, back in 2019 where people were hurt. Nobody died. But you tell me that this company have these three and they're, it's not connected? No, that's baloney. That, that's baloney. You can't, can't nobody tell me here that it's not connected. Hey y'all, this is Melanie, co-host of The Markup. Follow me on Twitter where I'm just kind of ranting and raving about some of our topics here on the show. You can find me at Mello Hello, M-E-L-O Hello. See you on Twitter. Welcome back. You're listening to The Markup by Mediaverse. One of the, one of the tweets that I read that you that you posted was that the idea that people don't give a damn about low-income residents was something that you completely undervalued. Can you talk about that? I mean, it... Because I, people, people, okay, so like, here's the situation. Like, up in Cleveland, Mississippi, people have their idea about those folks where they don't want to work, they don't do this, they don't do that, and that's not the case. You can have, you can generalize people all you want. That doesn't mean that it's true. Just because somebody poor, you still they still need common decency. 
people still need to care. Some of some of them can't help it that they they are in this situation. Some are trying to get out of it. You, if we had they had adequate adequate child care, if there were more jobs in Cleveland, but that was the only place they had to go because it was low income and they it was government stuff. Just because they're living over there, them people need to be valued. Right. Like I told them, you do matter. I don't care where you sit, what your status is, they matter. So last week was a pretty busy week for you. In addition to what's happening with with Sunset Village and the residents there, there's also the Grizzlies home opener. Right? How do you juggle? Yeah. How do you juggle that? I mean, it's it's like I saw that some people were like, you know, talking about basketball, but you didn't have, that was the last thing on your mind at some point last week. How, how, right. how do you how do you juggle those two things? Because I know it's just like, well, I mean, I have a full-time job as well. And then I'm trying to juggle. It's just like when I got to the game, it's just like I wasn't really, you know, feeling it. You know, I was there. You know, mm-hmm. usually I'm happy, you know, when grizzly season happened. I'm, usually I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling it, but as I got, you know, I'm glad I went. Because right. it took my mind off things. And then, like, that was a good game. Right. Yeah, it, it really took my mind off things. Mm-hmm. And I really needed it. Because it's just like, if you do this for so long, sometimes it gets depressing. Right. And then sometimes you have to have days for yourself. That's true. That's true. How supportive has the Memphis Flyer been? Oh, they have been really supportive. Um, my editor asked me if I wanted to write about it. And I told him, not yet, for the simple fact is, I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it to help these people. And I'm going to continue to help these people. One day, I'm, one day I may write about it, but not, not, not right now. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't even want to be interviewed in the Mississippi Free Press article. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Nick was like, he wanted, you know, wanted me to be in it. Because, you know, because like I told him, I don't want free press. I don't want everybody to know, really, I, I don't want to take credit for anything. Right. But he convinced me, and then some of the residents said, you know, go ahead or whatever, because they was like, if it, it wasn't for you, I don't know where we'll be. So, and that's why I decided. But one day I may write about it, but that's the farthest thing from my mind right now. Because I, I feel like I'm doing something that God God called me to do. Right, you want to keep you want to keep the focus where it should be, which is on, on the, the people, residents. not me. I'm not right. I'm not the story. They are right. I think there are a lot of journalists though, who find things that they're passionate about, right? They find things that they're passionate about, and no matter what, they just feel compelled. Like for me, you know, talking about journalism, talking about uh, the impact that it's having on our on our community. Those are, that's a conversation that I just could not stop myself from having or feeling like I needed to do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just felt compelled to have these conversations. And, you know, sometimes people will try to come after you or they'll try to silence you or they'll try to, you know, they'll try to do whatever. But it still, it still seems like a worthy mission, a worthy thing to try to accomplish because it's bigger than you. Right, you know we right. fit in, in the in the in the in the larger picture of things, but this this needs to happen because of the the greater good, right? So what what advice exactly? What advice would you give to someone else who who may encounter something on their job as a journalist 
or in the media period that they can't just turn away from. I mean, they need to go for it. Go for it. Do what they can. If if the media company won't let them write about it, give it to somebody else that will. That's that's the only advice I can give them. It's just like you need to go for it. Because it's just like with me, I I don't want to be be in a place where I write where I have to compromise who I am. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to do that. That that's not me. I, I I can't compromise who I am for 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 money. I just can't do. It. I can. Do I know it. people need to take care of themselves or whatever, but I want to be in a, if I have to be in that position where I have to compromise myself for certain things, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way I feel about it. Other people don't. Is I'm not knocking them for that, but Sharon just can't do it. All right. Where where does shy come from? Is that is um, that. I, is that your middle name or what? No, my my middle name my middle name is Denise. Okay. So I come from when I was in Cleveland when I was younger. I played softball. Okay. And so my I put Shy D on the back of my jersey. Oh. So that's what Shy from. Okay. I am like really shy, or whatever. It's just like I talk to you if I know, you know, like if I don't know anybody, whatever. I'm very shy. Sometimes I don't even want to speak in public. I'd rather write. So that's what shy. Yeah, cause I really am. I really am shy, but you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know you how shy you. <laughs> I don't know how shy you are because I tell you, your voice resonates uh, when you speak, and even when you started uh, the All Heart blog, your voice was resonating, sister, and it there was nothing shy about you. So, so I just no, but it's just like when I'm in person, right? Like right. when you meet me in person. If I don't know you, I'll be quiet or, you know, something like that. I And then, like, public speaking is like, oh, my God. Sometimes that just hurts me where I'm, like, like really scared. But since, like, we, you're ta- we're talking about something that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. it's like we're on the phone talking and I don't mm-hmm. really care. But sometimes, like, if I'm in front of people, that just, ugh. I just, you know, it's just like I got to be, that's, that's a fear of mine. Right. The public speaking thing, because I don't want to say anything stupid and things of that nature. And sometimes, like, um, I lose my train of thought or I stutter or whatever. So I'm just like, yeah, that, I, I'm really shy. I really am. Hey, you're listening to season two of the Mark of Mediaverse. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to the Markup by Mediaverse. I got you. Well, well, tell me about tell me about this because I mean, you've you've had. I can just imagine the fight that you've had to do just to get recognized as a sports writer in a predominantly male profession or just beat here in Memphis. And I, I would. I can't just even imagine how difficult that was to get started. What is it like now that you're really entrenched in the beat? You're, you're official, official with the Memphis Fire, but even, even what is that like amongst your colleagues? Well, I mean, people, they respect me. I mean, they respect me now, but I still don't be invited on the radio. I mean, like, ESPN 92.9 still haven't really... Uh, 
Well, that, I, I have been on there, like, but I was only on there because Anthony sang, you know, because he was a, you know, guest host. He had me on that twice, but I still haven't been invited back. Um, and then, you know, it's just like, it, it is what it is. I really don't, usually it would bother me, but I really don't, it don't, it don't phase me now because people in the national media know who I am and respect me. That all that matters. And then, and then readers respect me. That's all that matters. I could care less about what other journalists in Memphis think about me. I don't, because it's just like, to me, I think I'm just as talented as they are. And right. some of them, I think I'm, I am talented better than they are. But you know what? It is what it is. It I'm is. just going to do me. Are the Grizzlies your first your your first NBA beat, or what other sports did you cover before you came came to Memphis? Oh, I didn't cover any sports before I came to Memphis. Okay. When I was uh, when I was um, in community college, when I first went, my major was journalism. Okay. But I changed it to law. But the my first article ever was a basketball article. Mm. I wrote about an article of the guy he played at the community college, and then he was a youth captain. And so I wrote an article like that. So writing has always been my passion, but then I changed it to law. But those two, you know, I wrote when I went to, you know, got my um, bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. I wrote then, you know, I wrote about the law and stuff, but I think they intertwine. Okay. The writing and the law, the journalism law. But I was talking to one of the Memphis reporters, and she was like, are you going to become an investigative reporter? I told her, I don't know, because she said, that's what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. So I may think about that, but I still want to do the sport because it's my passion. I only not, I don't not only write about the Grizzlies, I write about other teams or the WNBA as well. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, where outside of the flyer, where can other people find your work? Um, I have a podcast called Believe in Grizzly. Um, you can find find it on the Believe Network. Um, I have written for the Athletic. I have written for BasketballNews.com. I have written for Upfront. Uh, who knows where I'll write next besides the flyer? Because I don't want to be just known as a Grizzly writer. I want to be known as a NBA writer or a WNBA writer. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I hope our, our listeners check you out on those on those platforms. All right. So so before we before we go, quick Grizzlies prediction. I know I know this is that's that's to be expected, but what are your thoughts on the Grizzlies this year? Well, I have a article coming out the Grizzlies preview mm-hmm. um so I'm thinking I'm thinking between 50 and 56 maybe but the west the west is tough it's very tough and then like other teams got better they have um key players coming back but the Grizzlies just gonna have to do what they do gotcha Sharon I really appreciate you taking the time out um like I said before, um, I'm really inspired by your your journey thus far in journalism here in Memphis, uh, how you continue to get better in your craft. 
uh, and this fight for the residents of Sunset Village, have, and that speaks to me in terms of, you know, that you recognize that this is something that's bigger than you. Obviously, you're, you're giving voice to people who don't have a voice, so I just encourage you to continue in that vein, and uh, I wish you the best, okay? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a long fight. But I found the uh, Twitter thing. If people want to um, join the campaign, okay. it's called at, at Resist Millennial. R-E-S-I-S-T-M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A. Got it. So if you're interested in, in joining the fight or learning more about the struggle to uh, help the tenants who are part of Millennial Housing, Check that Twitter feed out. Again, you can follow Sharon. What's your give people where they can find you, Sharon, on social media? At, at Sharon Shy Brown on Twitter. I'm oh. on Facebook too. I'm on Facebook too. Um, it's Sharon Shy Brown, I think. Um, and then I'm on um, Instagram at Foxy Shy D. And yeah, they can find. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you, Sharon. I appreciate you. You're listening to The Markup by Mediaverse. See you next time. So what you saying? So what you saying? So what you saying? So what you saying?